Reporting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Back today with our real estate and interior designer guru. Yes, it's Kristen Bergunder. She's here talking today about her work, uh, again, at Kristen Ann Interior Design. And also, don't forget, uh, she's a realtor as well. And uh, she has a broker license with Compass Real Estate from Westfield, Indiana. Welcome back. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm still trying to, um, this time of year, or, you know, everybody gets sick and I'm, I'm trying to get over it. So if I sniffle a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry about last week. I dealt with like, well, I still have it, a, a huge sty. So there's infections everywhere. It's that time oh, of year. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad to have you back here. And what you do is fascinating. You are really a full service woman. Uh, and by the way, Kristen Ann Interior Design. Let me spell that for everyone. K-R-I-S-T-I-N. A-N-N-I-N-T-E-R-I-O-R design, D-E-S-I-G-N.com. So welcome back. And if you don't mind just telling us um, a little bit about uh, the work you do, and then we'll get into today's topic of focus for us. Sure, sure. So um, yes, I pretty much am, (laughs) with regards to your home in many different ways, uh, kind of a one-stop shop. If it's not something that I do, then I I definitely am able to find a resource for people. So uh, I am a a real estate agent focusing in the Indianapolis area, as you mentioned, licensed with Compass. And then my interior design business, uh, everything from 2D, 3D imaging. I do uh, staging consultations for other real estate agents, assisting their clients in preparing their home for the market to sell large and small remodel projects. Um, everything from working with your contractor to referring my own contractors. We do space planning. I do decor, just really a full long laundry list of, of items. So, <laughs> well, we're excited to have you back here today. And what did you want to talk about today? Some common, was it mistakes? Common, why did I forget already? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to just kind of highlight today on some things that I run into and a lot of a lot of the reasons why I end up getting hired, to be quite honest with you, Um, even some some clients of mine who've, you know, tried to go at the project on their own. Today, I have a couple of color consultations, um, paint color consultations. And it's funny because one of the gentlemen called me and he says, you know, my wife and I have gone round and round and round. We've gotten samples like you can't imagine. There, you know, he's like, we've got like 12 of these little cans laying around. He's like, and we just, I think we are we are just overwhelmed and we've stared at all these colors so much. Now we feel colorblind and we just cannot make a decision. <laughs> um, so a lot of times, you know, people will hire me after they attempt to, you know, go at certain projects on their own and just realize it's not their their strength or their focus, if you will. Um, so yeah, I, um, I think first and foremost, obviously all projects are unique, right? It just kind of depends on what people are focusing on, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to larger projects, um, in particular, I definitely think that that is where, um, kind of understanding what your strengths are and what you can do, um, is, absolutely crucial. Um, you know, I'm not a computer guru, for example. So, um, I need a new laptop horribly bad. And one of my clients happens to be like a technology guy. 
And so I had, you know, put a post on Facebook and said, hey, I'm looking for a new laptop. Does anybody have any recommendations? And he chimed in and and I was like, oh, my God, thank you, because it would take me like days to research (laughs) (laughs) not only the right equipment, but how to, you know, get it up and running and everything else. And so I understand that limitation of my own. And while, you know, some renovation projects may be minor, small, you're swapping out a vanity or changing some paint colors. Other ones are really extensive. Um, And so a lot of times when I'm working with people, you'd be surprised that that upfront planning process, uh, the space planning portion of it, what does the project look like? The preparatory process um, sometimes can be more lengthy than the actual project itself. But a lot of people are in a rush to get the project started, not realizing what their budget truly is, not understanding what the timeline truly looks like, what is the order of operation that things typically go in for whatever project it is that you have in mind. Um, Having an understanding when you're looking at estimates from contractors and vendors, what am I looking at? What seems realistic or reasonable? A lot of us tend to go to the cheapest dollar um, and, you know, that's not always the right thing to do. Um, but also just, you know, having some referrals and things of that nature from whoever it is that you're going to hire to, you know, feel comfortable and confident that um, the people that you are spending money on that are going to do this work for you, um, you know, have a good reputation behind them. So, um, so yeah, the planning process is something that I think is absolutely crucial in the beginning, not to be in a hurry uh, so that once the project starts, you know, no renovation project of any kind (laughs) goes, you know, glorious from start to finish. There's always going to be issues that need to be looked at or addressed or, you know, things that you weren't anticipating. It just happens. Um, So, you know, setting that budget up front and, and truly having an understanding based on what it is that you would like to do, whether or not the budget that you have in mind is actually going to be fitting for your project Mm -hmm. is all part of that, you know, planning and preparatory process. So, you know, do I want a level one granite or, you know, a level 10 quartz on my countertops in my kitchen, all of those things make a huge difference. Um, am I, um, you know, doing custom inset cabinetry versus, you know, something I can buy off the shelf. Maybe I want the custom, but once I get the price tag, I realize that's not part of the budget. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So, And a lot of times, too, you know, everybody would love to have a custom shower, Um, you know, rather than having a fiberglass pan at the bottom of your shower. Everybody would love tile and, you know, being able to customize everything within the walls. But then once you, you know, realize that, you know, it's going to cost you a minimum of, you know, eight to ten thousand dollars just for a small three by four shower um, or even smaller than that, you know, it's it's kind of picking and choosing your battles. Um, So I start every project with a spreadsheet and itemizing, literally brainstorming and itemizing every single thing that needs to be purchased and tagging a number that's associated with it. At least having something to work off of that can be manipulated and adjusted as we go. But giving my client a full picture, a lot of times people don't even realize all of the things that need to be purchased. So I usually start every project 
in that fashion to get that budget going, as well as having an understanding of all the materials that need to be purchased. Um, everything's got, you know, there's trendy things like right now, uh, whites and kind of that, you know, light sandy wood beach tone. Um, I'm seeing a lot of iron ore gray, which is like dark, dark, dark charcoal gray and the light hardwood floors. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous, you know, mm -hmm. but as you can see, the, the gray that got puked all over the world over the last several of years, I think people have gotten to a point where they're a little tired of seeing it. Yeah. Um, right before that was the beige, right? Because yeah, I, my, I moved into my house. It was the, all the beige walls and then it became all the gray walls. I think a few years later. <laughs> I yeah. And so like, if you have paid you know, five to $10,000 to have your whole house painted. And then within a couple of years, you're, you're tired of it. That's a, or because it was trendy at the time. Um, you know, that can be a costly mistake mm -hmm. <laughs> that you need to live with for a while and make it work, you know? So just being conscious that the choices that you're making are truly, you know, a reflection of your home, your home style, not, making selections and design choices and the funds that are being spent that either are not um trying to think of the word that i so they are are they're too expensive for the type of home that you do have so don't price yourself out of the homes that are around you but at the same token don't go cheap you don't want to put in a standard builder grade kitchen while you're in the process of building your home and not have some, you know, custom or semi custom features to it when, you know, you're sitting in a neighborhood with three quarter of a million dollar houses. And that's what people are going to expect, because at some point you're going to have to remodel that kitchen and put that in. So just being true to your home and the value of your home and what people would normally expect to see in a home um, you know, that you are living in and you're wanting to renovate. So those design choices are really important. Um, and sometimes people feel overwhelmed with those choices. They don't even know where to go to make them um, or trying to stay within their budget. So we, you know, discuss that as far as where we're going to get these materials from. Um, not every project needs a, a, a permit, um, kind of depending. I don't know how things are where you guys are at, but um, everything needs permits. Yes. Well, <laughs> of course, I would love for you to get a permit, right? Because <laughs> then they collect money off of that. Um, and some people want to mess with it. Some don't. Sometimes the contractor will put it that, you know, different contractors will take ownership of that and get the permit for themselves because that's just the way that they operate. Sometimes they'll require that the homeowner takes care of it. Um, you know, renovation um, permits are not terribly invasive. I mean, I've had some clients that, you know, have had little makeshift drawings that they've, you know, done themselves by hand and, you know, submitted those with the scope of work and it went just fine. But if you're changing anything architecturally, you absolutely have to have a permit. So I don't do anything drawing wise that would require drawings to be stamped by a licensed architect because I don't have that ability. So, you know, just having an understanding of that permitting process where, where I have ran into issues mm -hmm. is people who are flipping homes or people who have done a tremendous amount of work um, prior to selling their home and 
the buyer wanted to know if the construction project was permitted. Because ah. um, they, you know, it's kept on record. And yeah. so, um, you know, the, in those situations, I've run into problems. I have had actually projects where we have permitted What happens? It. Well, can you get the permits after or how does yeah. that work? But yeah, then it's on the, it's at their expense then? Is that what it is? They do charge you a fee. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, there's a fee for not getting... I actually had this happen with a client who um, had renovated a home um, and it was funny because they were putting a fence in, which fences require permits. During the process of, of getting the permit for that fence, there was a dispute with the neighbor and it ended up where um, one of the guys that that approves the permits physically came out to the property, which isn't common for just a fence permit. And um, had happened to notice that, you know, the property had a lot of extensive work and it was on oh. a main road. And so he started to ask a lot of questions. Anyways, long story short, yeah, my client had to go back into, um, you know, they had to reverse, get the permit. It was just a, a I, 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 I got a pool this summer. I still haven't had the permit closed. But then, then I needed to get the gas line for the heater. And then all of a sudden, the inspector uh, says, oh, well, your shed is too close to your property line. I said, that's funny because mm-hmm. I moved in in 2017. It's been in the same spot. No one else has said anything. I've got permits for other stuff in my yard. No one's ever once. Told- now, all of a sudden, the shed is a problem. And yeah. I'm like, really? It's like once yeah. you let them in, they just pick you apart. And then I didn't know when I bought like this, it's like a $2,000 like um, gazebo from like Lowe's or Home Depot, right? That just sits on top of your thing uh, on your like patio, like a 12 by 10. Oh, you need a permit for that now too. And I'm like, what? Like, it's just, yeah, yeah it's just. Yeah, they, they, they take it out of hand for sure. Any way that they can stick their hands in the cookie jar. <laughs> that is fascinating. So yeah, I got to let yeah. the inspector back in for a gas pressure test soon. I'm like, what else is he going to say? <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, I mean, there are some contractors, too, where they're just like, we don't care if you get a permit, you know, because it truly falls back on the homeowner, not on the contractor, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I would just say I don't have any advice as far as that goes, except for things that really do truly require um, a permit, which tend to be additions, pools, putting structures on your property, things like that. Me personally, I've renovated my kitchen, my bathroom, a number of rooms in my home, and I've personally never permitted anything. So, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. <laughs> but now, if you have to sell uh-huh. the house, then that's something that you'd have to deal with then, correct? It's, yeah. They're not going to make you I undo mean, everything. Like, really? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say, in terms of like really extensive remodel projects, like if you're flipping a house, you're gutting a home, taking it down to the studs. That kind of thing, I guess I would say it would be a, a, a it would be dependent upon what are you doing the project for? Are you doing it for yourself to live in it? Um, or are you doing it because, you know, you're intending on selling your home in the next few years? So, I mean, really, it is just a matter of, of what your preference might be. Of course, permitting it would always be the smart thing to do. But I mean, it's just a matter of what what you want to take on and you want to tackle because the city, I mean, and to some degree, like if you have no knowledge of what's, what's truly, you know, what the processes are, what codes are, things of that nature, like it can safeguard you to make sure that the contractor is doing their job well. So it really is just a matter of what you would like to do. I have done 
whole house remodel projects that were not permitted. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but, um, and then, you know, okay. I, <laughs> so during our kitchen remodel project, there were certain things that we had a contractor do. And then there were certain things that my husband did. And, you know, I have had clients that have said, you know, my husband is mm-hmm. extremely handy. He can do the flooring. If your guys can handle this, you know, and kind of trying to mix in a little bit of that professional contractor with DIY, you know, do it yourself. It's like, um, again, going back to like having an understanding of what your capabilities truly Mm -hmm. are. Um, because some contractors, you know, are not flexible about that. Um, you can, you know, there's certain timelines that have to be accounted for, And if you have a full-time job and you're not going to be able to get to it, now you're holding the contractor up. There's like just all of these balls that get moving. Like a lot of times my clients want to paint themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, I mean, the contractor can be done with that in a day. Is it going to take you a week? You know, so sometimes it's better to just, you know, suck it up and pay them to get the job done, (laughs) Um, you know, versus trying to trying to do some of the things yourself sometimes you know with plumbing and you know things that nature like at the end of the day the frustration that gets involved um can sometimes make things more of a pain than they are beneficial or you know cost efficient if you will um you know most of the experts will have a proven process that they want to follow and you know having materials ordered i had mentioned when we had talked you know previously i have a contractor who he doesn't really like to start um a project unless he knows a couple of things for example with kitchens um he wants to know that the cabinets are ordered before he even starts and what is the timeline for those to get delivered um with bathrooms for example he would like to have the majority of the fixtures selected as well as um being in the process of making selections of the tile the shower fixtures things like that already all done and have some materials on site because they schedule you in. And if you don't understand what that order of operation is for that particular project, um, you know, you may be causing yourself a bunch of added stress as well as the contractors and vendors that are working with you, um, which is just frustrating for everybody. A common mistake is the shower fixture. A lot of people assume, well, you know, it's it goes in and it's outside of the shower. <laughs> However, there are components that go inside the wall. And so you actually do need to have that on site while they're before they even start waterproofing. That's, you know, they put the control valve in. So um, and then measurements, things like that, Um, you know, again, going back to like the DIY kind of thing, people will take their own measurements and they'll be like, "I'll, I'll go get my own flooring. I will. You know, I'm going to order all of my own cabinetry mm-hmm. and I'm going to measure all this out myself, you know, and it's like, ah, you know, I even lean on, you know, I know a little about a little, but I, and I'm not the professional in every single aspect of everything. And so I lean on my vendors heaven, heavily for them to be able to tell me, hey, did you think of this? Or, you know, you forgot to account for a spacer that needs to go here based on where this wall is sitting, or no, you can't put this appliance next to this because this doesn't work right. Um, so a lot of times when I'm working with my vendors through, pro- through you know, troubleshooting and planning for a project, 
there are things that are brought up that I maybe hadn't thought of or my clients hadn't thought of or when I'm going and doing a consultation, they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't think of that. Um, and so, again, you know, just kind of try to understand what your limitations are and truly understanding what your knowledge is so that we're not making mistakes before we've even started the project. Um, and then, you know, really what's key with the budget side of things, I always, you know, kind of depending mm -hmm. on the size of the project, I always at a minimum will toss in a 10% contingency okay. of holy crap. <laughs> yep. I didn't think of that, you know, uh -huh. or, oh my God, we just got the kitchen and I found all this stuff behind the walls that I didn't know was there. Yeah. <laughs> so I always tell people on the bottom line, just work in that 10% con contingency fund at a minimum. Um, and don't forget to do that. Or, you know, if you've got your itemized list, there's a lot of times where, um, you know, I've got. X amount of dollars built in for a vanity. We say $500 off of the budget. So now we're going to spend $500 more on the countertops and get you a nicer countertop. Um, so, I mean, sad, but very true. The yeah. mass majority of projects go over budget. They're not under budget. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's ever, I've never heard of anyone say that. <laughs> no, I actually have one right now that I'm getting ready to start. And she was pleasantly surprised. We just started it um, yesterday or the day before yesterday. And she told me what her budget was. And um, it's probably one of the first times in a long time that I was able to say, Hey, I think we may actually be able to get this under budget with tweaking a couple of things. And so she was like super excited, <laughs> but that is not normally the case. So um and two, like if there are certain things that you're not that you're not equipped to handle with measurements or ordering materials, don't be afraid, you know, to ask. Something to keep in mind too is that even though these contractors are doing these kind of projects and things every single day, the people that are physically doing the work, like if you walk into a tile store and you're trying to make tile selections and things like that, the salesperson who's there um, is going to give you advice, which is free, by the way. Um, and help you make those selections, but it's also their job to measure if it's a full service company and make sure that you're ordering the parts that you need to. However, the people that are physically doing the work, this is one of the biggest complaints I hear from contractors is I have clients who ask me what my opinion is on their paint color or their tile selection, or what do you think of this? They're, that's not what they're there for. <laughs> and they, they don't like to take ownership of you know, like the, the, they're not designers. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you, you know, asking, so what do you think of this paint color? And they're like, I don't know. I mean, if you like it, I'll put it on the walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, those are just, you know, a number of things um, to keep in mind, you know, things that I have ran into um, troubleshooting or reasons that I get hired or, you know, things that I've heard from contractors and homeowners and, you know, just doing this for the number of years that I have, just kind of trying to, you know, highlight on some key topics that, that are helpful to keep in mind, um, regardless of what the project might be. <laughs> yes. Well, we still got uh, three minutes left in your show, Chris, and it always goes so fast. Uh, how did you want to kind of sum up uh, today's conversation and give advice and, of course, you know, how we can contact you directly? Sure. 
Um, so uh, my website is www.kristenanninteriordesign.com. All of the services that I provide and things of that nature are, are, are on the website. Um, as far as portfolio and, you know, seeing previous work and such, um, social media tends to be the best place for that because I don't tend to you know, upload every single project within my website. However, through social media and such, I do share a lot more. So I will tell people linking to my social media from my website tends to be an area where you'll see more uh, recent work as well as a, more of a number of projects. Um, and, you know, I always tell people too, if you aren't sure as far as whether or not you need help or if you if you would like help or um you know the type of service that you're looking for not every designer is full service uh even just having that consultation with them one consultation um i pack as much into that consultation as i possibly can and sometimes just that will help people have an understanding of where they might need help or things that they may not have thought of. So, you know, for $100, $200, whatever that person might charge, it could be well worth your expense just to do that and feel comfortable and confident about how you're going to move forward. So that would be my last tidbit of advice for the day. Well, tell us how we can contact you. <laughs> sure. Uh, 317-376-3351 is a direct contact number for me. And uh, it is plastered all over the internet, so I'm not afraid to share it. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Pleasure having you here again. Also, your broker license, uh, you're brokered with Compass Real Estate. She does it all. She's like a one-stop shop. And uh, we're excited to have you here. Always a pleasure speaking with you. And uh, love that you wear so many uh, different hats. <laughs> <laughs> thank you All right. Much. Well, thank you so much. And we'll hopefully talk next week. Are we back on? All right. Yes, we are. Awesome. Sounds good. You have a great day. Okay, you too. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, stay tuned. More of the show is coming right up. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hi, this is Terry Crews. Actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text diploma to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. That's diploma to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council.